Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Well, much like Nebraska, there's no local talent in Chicago. Pete Thamel. Do you think we can have college football without college? And SI's Pat Athletic directors are the biggest sucker businessmen. And here's Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Hope you're all doing your social distancing well. We certainly are. See no one in the background. Pat Forty finally got all the swimmers out of his house. (laughs) We did finally export them. Yep. The Olympics got canceled and they could all go home. That's basically it. That's basically it. You know, that the, the, the urgency to try to find any viable body of water was alleviated if 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 you're just listening pat uh obviously has a lot of elite swimmers uh in his family his kids and there was a pool in louisville that was raining open and it was uh, this was funny but not funny when i read the story about katie ledecky the greatest swimmer we have like swimming in a backyard pool in california because there was no actual pools open like was it one of those kidney-shaped ones that you have to take a turn? <laughs> like, this was absurd. This is why the Olympics had to be canceled, right? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there was a real live with, like, a line, a line on the bottom and everything. Oh, okay, okay. But, so she was in a lap pool in some dude's backyard. I mean, this is, yeah. okay, right? Pretty funny. But this is how you got to do it in the rest of the world, too. So there was a pool in Louisville that was open. So Pat had a whole mess of swimmers at his house. And then that got closed, and then it all went haywire. Yeah. Didn't you say they cooked like seven thousand cookies once it was over? Like, oh, that's we we've had <laughs> Bake Off Central here, man. We have had coconut bars. We've had cookies. Uh, what else has been? I'm gonna take a quick poll here. What else has been baked here this week? Oh yeah, the peanut butter cookies were outstanding. Yeah. The swimmers have, have had a good time doing that, and I have had a good time eating it. Yeah, <laughs> they were finally able to not train, so they just said, screw it, we're going to yeah. eat a bunch of cookies. Pat Forty, <laughs> who had not been training, jumped in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was the beneficiary as well. Yeah, we've all we've all let our conditioning slide just a little bit here. Have you got on the Peloton train, Pat? A uh, little bit, yeah. Some, I've kind of done a little bit of that. Some walking, some, uh, some bike riding outside. Okay. Yeah. Has so, the weather been yeah. okay down there? Weather's been fantastic, which kind of makes this all a little bit more surreal. You know, you kind of feel like you should be, when when everything is shut down, you feel like you should be seeing some signs of a disaster. Yeah. You know, a tornado, a hurricane, something. There's no signs that anything's wrong. That makes it all just a little more disorienting. All right. Podcast off to a good start. We're talking about yeah. the weather. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> 
Well, hey, you know, all right. Look, on the on the bright side, one good thing that's come out of this is I think I think our podcast is now soft drink free. Is this correct? Have we reached the point? Do you where not we drink evolved? them? I I have not had a soft drink other than an occasional, like an occasional uh-huh. one, in in a couple of years. Oh wow. wow, really? I don't drink them anymore. I, if okay. I'm eating a chicken wing, <laughs> sometimes a diet coke with like. A chicken wing. If you if I'm not drinking really? beer with the chicken wing, well, that's usually the the beer goes very well with yeah, chicken wings. Kind of depends. Sure about I got to drive the, the or occasional something like that. diet coke. So no no soda for you, Pat. But Pete Pete's well, Pete's the big you know no soda evangelist, and he has been harping on me about that for years. And I am pleased to tell Reverend Pete <laughs> that uh, I have not had a a soft drink in at least nine days. Might be longer than that now. Let me think. Yeah, it is. I think it's two weeks. So I'm. Uh, Are you I, craving? I am, I am soft drink free. Uh, sometimes, sometimes, you know. But uh, for the most part, I've I've got these caffeinated waters now. So that's that's my my caffeine source because I'm not a coffee guy. So that that's my my one uh, the one redeeming factor out of all of this that's gone on is is I have semi kicked the soft drink habit for now. What are the caffeinated waters? They're called Focus P H O C S O C U S. Okay, they're made in uh, made in Louisville. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, and they give you a nice little pep in your step with no calories and none of the other toxicity that comes with the diet uh, soft drink. Yeah. No, no calories in cocaine either. That's usually how I get through the day. <laughs> think, think drug Has dealers still been able to think drug dealers this, are struggling uh, during the lockdown. Yeah, they got to be. I was actually thinking about That's, that the other day. How's that world working right now? <laughs> can't just walk up to a guy in the corner and take it. Yeah. I mean, social distancing. No. Here's my you money. Out a little I'll bit eat. more. Yeah, I'd like to see right. one more episode of The Wire. Social distancing. Although I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing the drug dealers aren't really into what they, uh, you know, are into social distancing. I don't think that's a big concern of theirs. The supply uh, chain for, has to be impacted, though, too, right? I don't know. man. I don't know. Only if they care. You know, I mean, this, these are not people that have been overly concerned about the health of, of anybody, you know. So. Put it this way. If you're a border agent down in, in, in and you haven't caught the cocaine <laughs> coming into the country in the last like 60 years. <laughs> Are you running up to like someone in me? I mean, it's like, dude, I ain't dying for this. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, I would imagine like if you're going to make a transaction, like on the corner though, if you want to do it socially responsibly, somebody's got to leave it in a baggie and then you got to leave the money over here. So you don't touch hands or whatever. And I don't think either side would trust the other one. And so would they? A lot of podcasts have had on like PhDs and uh, you know medical experts <laughs> no. to help people through the crisis. We'll 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 get a heroin dealer on to, to let to, <laughs> to let us know uh, to let us know how how successful transactions have gone to, to help out anyone who's curious. A little more well, of the speed I of mean, our I, audience. Yeah, I was gonna say, and generally our milieu or like what we the people we deal with tend probably more towards the street scammer than the the Ivy League PhD. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, Well, what about this on? um, I know all of us talk across the week with uh, various people in college athletics um, from kind of all all spots. What's the latest you're hearing about football? 
I, I will say this. The one thing I heard, probably the best line I heard, is anyone who thinks they got an answer is lying. Yeah. Uh, nobody really knows. But, you know, the 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 great fear is football doesn't happen. And I, I don't even like thinking about it. But what do you guys hear? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that, that, that is the great fear. And there are – I've talked to a couple people who really, like, they publicly don't want to speak about it because they don't want to <laughs> – help induce panic within the college sports industry uh, because, you know, for, for a bunch of different reasons, a fall without a fully functioning revenue heavy football season would be ruinous. You know, it would be, it, they, schools would be cutting sports. I think uh, assuredly it would be terrible, obviously for the American psyche, I think culturally to not have a football season. Uh, there obviously, again, we know there are more important things, but if you, if we are still sitting here, are there five months from, now, are there more important things? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say yes, but withhold judgment of I'm, anybody I'm, who disagrees. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no. I'm just, are okay. there? <laughs> I'll tell you this. If the whole summer remains shut down and we get to Labor Day weekend, and there is football, it's going to be the happiest weekend for football fans ever. I mean, it will be ecstasy if we have a normal weekend where you can go to games and everything looks and feels and sounds and tastes the same. You know, it may not happen, but boy, do people will people want it and need it. But the administrators I talk to, they're scared of it. And they're, you know, everybody's modeling contingencies. And frankly, part of that is, yeah, part of that's is good business sense to be ready for the worst case scenarios. But part of that also is like people don't have anything else to do. So it's like, okay, well, what, you know, we, we got no other sports, boy, we need football. Let's make sure we're going to have football. How are we going to have football? What's it going to look like? So uh, I think there's a lot of discussion about that. You know, there was the weird sports business journal take that uh, about a earlier season, which makes no sense whatsoever, you know, starting in July, because, of worrying about the virus ramping up in the colder months. But there's a, the opposite end of it. There's people talking about starting the season in like January mm -hmm. or December, January, February, somewhere in there, which would be very challenging in a lot of parts of the country. But, you know, there, there's a lot of contingencies being laid. Let's hope none of them actually come to pass because none of them are very good contingencies. So I have my, my three-part completely unscientific check checklist of things that need to happen before we can have football or three factors that need to happen. And they, there could be different versions of football. This is what, like, I've been talking to coaches, ADs, everyone, everyone's like, do you think we have football this year? If we have, you know, kickoff August, week zero, what is it, August 29th, Pat, which I think Navy Something Notre like Dame that. is like the first game, too, in another country. So yeah, for for there to be football, the first thing there needs to be is football practice. For football practice to happen, there needs to be a preponderance of tests, right? You cannot bring students to campus and have them practice football, and one of them gets a coronavirus and it spreads. Rudy Gobert, you know, was obviously an example of that in NBA. So right now, we do not have enough tests. We have not had enough tests, and I don't know when we'll have enough tests. Hopefully it's soon. You hear different things. You hear different numbers. But testing is one of the biggest issues in America right now. So can we get enough tests where you can test football players and you may have, and coaches and managers and anyone in what I'm imagining to be a football quarantine to make this happen. 
can you have enough tests to test these people who are clearly superfluous right now? Because people who have coronavirus, they're even telling to not get tested, right? So that's like step one in the, in the most basic level. Step two, which I don't think has been talked about enough is, can you have college football on campuses in the no fan theory if you don't have college, right? Like, yeah, look at the big disaster at Liberty that's going on right now. Just a complete, utter debacle of the Falwells inviting a coronavirus nest to their campus, right? Of one of the all-time administrative blunders in the history of universities in this country. Like, just, there's never been anything dumber to essentially, <laughs> for Falwell to stick his nose up the rear end of the president and, and try to, like, basically, like, use the Liberty students as, like, a test case for what's happening. And it's completely falling apart, as it was obvious to everyone that it would. Now, the example we can take out of that is, like, for students to return to campus, there's just – it's a it's another place where the coronavirus is going to fester. So, like, I, I think it's an interesting question, and, and we can talk about it. Like, can you have no students on campus and then still have some sort of heavily quarantined version of college football? And then the, the last thing quickly is fans. Like, I got a hard time imagining, you know, 90,000 people packing Tuscaloosa or the Shoe or Jerry World or whatever, you know, that first weekend of the year. Because that, like, I don't know if you guys read the article out of Italy where the, the soccer game that was ground zero for spreading the virus uh, over in northern Italy, like, th those are the exact behaviors that you can't have, like, in terms of large gatherings of people for that. So that's my... Highly unscientific three-pronged checklist. But I do think the question, and I'd be curious what, what you think about it, Pat. Like, you have you have kids who had, who'd have to go back to school. Like, I, I don't know. Do you think we can have college football without college? Uh, no, no, I don't. And that and people, administrators that I've talked to have, have said the same thing. They're like, we're, we're not going to bring back an athletic population to an otherwise closed campus. You know, that's just that that's not going to work. So if, if we are still in a remote learning situation for fall semester, then we are probably not going to have football. I, I, I don't think anybody is willing to, to put that cart in front of the academic horse to that extent. Don't forget the liability issues here. Whew. Sure. So, yeah, you know, not many uh, mercifully, this, this, this virus is not, killed many young people but it has killed a few some i don't we don't know but enough that yep. you just yep. the liability of the school is is there um liberty i didn't they didn't seem to care i kind of put some of that on anyone who's like i don't care what the school says i wouldn't go back yeah right but yeah, whatever liberty wants to do it I, and you, if you're going to follow that um it's on you to me but obviously the the courts could see it differently I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 there's been a couple articles in the Atlantic on how this ends, which I read that I thought were, you know, obviously hugely speculative because nobody knows, but they talked to a lot of smart people. And one of them is just the idea of big gatherings just not happening. Like there's no concerts this summer. You may mm -hmm. be able to go to a, a cafe or a bar that has half the, you know, half the seats in it, or you may be able to do some things. You might be able to, go to a pool. I don't know as long as there's certain, but the idea of a concert, even no way festivals, all of that. And that's the summer. I don't know how you get to a football game. Then you say, all right, we could still play the games. 
with no fans. Now, this would be devastating to these schools, but they would still get the television revenue. I, 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 don't, I just don't know. And it's, 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 it sucks. I mean, it's just on, it's almost on, I, I think maybe the NFL could handle it better. Um, I just don't know how the colleges work with this. I don't know how you sit there and say you're you have to be back on this time when I can you guarantee. And so the idea that there is not full bore sports until there is a vaccine, I think is a real possibility. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. We may, you know, we were so slow on this. Pete said we don't have tests, we don't have masks, we don't have ventilators, we don't have, I mean. The simple logistic stuff that should have started in January, we didn't do. So now we're trying to catch up. And there's all sorts of very smart people now uh, that that the United States and the government are taking it seriously are trying. So in two months, maybe we have enough tests or we have a, something that can curb the, it, it, not a vaccine, but some, some kind of anecdote, an, antidote not anecdote, uh, antidote that, um, you know, whatever, chicken soup type thing, you can give it and feel better and it's not going to kill you. I don't know. So I think there's so much going to happen in these next two months, but I do think there's a reality where football is a particularly hard sport to try. I mean, you hear all this stuff of the NBA. Yeah. Well, we're going to do it in Vegas casinos or we're going to go on a cruise ship and try that. Like, we'll quarantine everyone. That to me seems impossible, but... All right, 32 games, you know, like you do the numbers, maybe, you know, but how, it's more possible in basketball than it is. In how the football. hell are you yeah. doing 120 college football yeah. teams and you have to get everybody yeah. in? OK, so or else the schedule is going to be all messed up. And so maybe it's not hitting this school or this school doesn't care, which some of us. I mean, I don't think there'll be many because most of the big powers are state schools, but this school doesn't care. We're playing. And then other schools like hell, the, hell no, we aren't. I don't know. It's, it's, it's completely dicey times. All I can hope is that now that there seems to be, you know, this thing kind of broke in late December in China and it's now April, basically, we're finally trying to do stuff. Maybe we can catch up and get to a, we can turn a corner very quickly that we got a lot of smart people in this country and I, I, I want to see it done. I, I, I've been writing about like the UFC trying to stage a fight. I think you can do that. I, I'd like to see golf come back. I think you can totally do a PGA, you know, 50 guys, 50 caddies, a couple cameramen, some rules, officials, no fans. You could stage that. I just don't know how you do college football, particularly. I think it might be the single hardest sport to even attempt. I, I actually, yeah. I would say it is the yeah, single hardest sport to attempt. I would agree with attempt. that. I think it is the hardest sport to attempt. I know. I mean, the, fortunately, I mean, for now, they have the cushion of several months. But uh, and to see where this thing goes, one of the things, you know, it's not. It's very likely this is not going to be ideal, no matter what. And coaches are going to want to do things the way they've always done it, which is. You're on campus in June working out, and then in mid-July or late July, we are starting fall camp. That Those two things may be unrealistic still, but we make it may be a point where, you know, guess what? Football, you don't get a five-week run-up to your first game. You're going to get three weeks. You're going to maybe get, get guys on campus and going mid-August or something like that. It's just that may be uh, one of the sacrifices that's going to have to be made depending on the way this thing is trending throughout the summer. But football is absolutely 
the, the most difficult logistically for a number of reasons, but also the most important sport from a from a, from a purely economic standpoint, from a fan interest standpoint. All right. Speaking of um, economics and college football, Chris uh, Hetty of the uh, Omaha World Herald did a story, uh, which I just I, I guess I knew this, but boy, this <laughs> this is wild. In the last 50 years, the University of Nebraska, so since 2005, when Nebraska fired coaches Bill Callahan, Bo Pelini, Mike Riley, and men's basketball coaches Doc Sadler and Tim Miles. So in 15 years, Nebraska has spent a total of $27,914,154 in severance pay. $27.9 million they have paid in the last 15 years to pay coaches to not coach. <laughs> $27.9 million at a university of a state of like 1 million people. I mean, it is number one in that time ahead of, uh, but just ahead of Auburn, Florida, Kansas, and UCLA. Now, the, the big one was in 2018. Nebraska paid $11.9 million in severance payments in one year. And it was one of five schools to go over $10 million in that year. Arizona State, UCLA, Florida, and Tennessee. I, I, look it. I, you got to make some moves. Uh, they find the money, all that. But, like, to me, these athletic directors are just getting held up by the the the, the coaching agents because it's not just the head coach it's the assistant coaches like these coaches agents just should wear ski masks all day long <laughs> <laughs> well and the ad's like sean eichhorst who is probably the biggest culprit in all of this should sit there with a sign on their tattooed on their or on their front of their suit that says rob me because they're perfectly willing to do it yeah, I mean, it's it. I blame the ads more than I blame the coaching agents, right? Like, who's doing their job better? Oh, <laughs> the course. ones, the ones collecting thirty million dollars a year from feckless institutions like Nebraska with poor leadership, who can't hire a coach, and then, and here's here's where the ads have failed in recent years. When their coaches are good and are hot. They have not been able to resist signing these long extensions with a high percentage of guaranteed contracts. The threat of them leaving is always so great that, got, like, look at Wake Forest. Look at Danny Manning's deal right now. Uh, I was told this year it's more than fifteen million to fire Manning. Now they're probably not because of the coronavirus and the financial constraints that have that have that have come from that. But Danny Manning had like two good weeks. And he's guaranteed, he's guaranteed like $20 million to co That's like, that's insane. It really is. There is a belief. I, I think they miss the scale of it's like, like, it's like the, the baseball uh, stat VORP value over replacement player. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if I can't, if I, if, okay, if you got Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. Got it. Pay the man. Okay. You got Nick Saban, pay the man. Because there is a value over what we're getting. Danny Manning, who the hell did Arizona State hire that they had to fire in 2018 worth 10 million bucks? Todd Graham. Todd Graham, and who's their basketball coach? <laughs> had, I mean, was there one? Like They already had Bobby Hurley. They already had uh, Hurley then. So they were paying yeah. who then? Who'd they fire? Well, they probably Hurley. had to hire his whole staff. Was that Herb Sendak? 
No, I'll be their or whole Sunday staff. The whole I think it was staff. for yeah. yeah. Why yeah, would you Todd have Graham, a buyout for Todd Graham? Where was he going? He's going to go to te- one of the exactly. Texas. He's going to go back to some no. school in Texas. Okay. Then you hire another Todd Graham. Yeah. Herm yes. Edwards is better than Tom Graham. Yeah. Sure. Like you can uh, find going, a going, good coach. Going back to Nebraska, why are you putting in a preposterous buyout for Mike Riley? Yeah. Who I believe was in his 60s, had had two jobs in the last 15, 18 years or whatever, had come from Oregon State. He wasn't going anywhere. He had, I think it was like a nine and four season. So they pumped him up with a big extension or whatever. I mean, come on. That's athletic directors are the biggest sucker businessmen. It's just, it's astounding. Some of these deals that they let themselves get talked into. Or maybe you don't guarantee Mike Riley that much because nobody wanted him in the first place. Now to get him from Oregon state, he's going to demand all these things, but and yeah. I mean, honestly, they hired Mike Riley because he was a nice guy and Bill Pelini was a jerk. Like, it's pretty yeah. it's pretty simple, you know? It's counter-programming. Yes. You, you hire different than the guy you fired, yeah. Yes. Where was Bo Pelini was generally going? successful. More so than Mike Riley. Yeah, and more I, so than and Scott more so, so far than, Absolutely. Yeah. I think when you get to a place like Nebraska, if you are going to be so successful that you are going to leave, you are leaving anyway. Okay, so let's say you got Bo Pelini. Right. I don't know what they paid Bo Pelini. Or you have Mike Riley. Well, we don't want you to leave, so we're going to have to pay you this. We're going to pay you so much money you won't leave. Where are they going? Like, Bo Pelini could have said, I'll go. I'm going to – Ohio State just opened. I'm going to take that job because I'm from Ohio, and I can win a national – he's leaving no matter what. Other than that, it's like you ain't going anywhere. No. You know, I, I, no. I did this when uh, they did Ed Orgeron, but I, I would still say, where is Ed Orgeron going to go? Ed Orgeron is the national championship coach. Ed Orgeron has done a phenomenal job. 100 times better than I thought, but they signed him to this huge buyout deal, I remember, and I criticized it, and, you know, he's been better than I thought, tipped my hat to him, great job. But even then, where's he going? Where Where is Ed Orgeron going to go to? You're going to convince me you're leaving? To where? Yeah. No, okay. that's, I mean, it's absurd. Right? This is it's your big. job. Be like, you're not going right. anywhere. We want to pay you well, but we're not having a buyout. That that yeah. that's in the that extent. We'll pay you six million dollars. Whatever they pay him, great, Coach O, good job. But you know, one of these long, you know, it goes back to that. Where Charlie Weiss, that first year at Notre Dame, oh, and he oh, gets yeah. you know all of a sudden it's there's unbelievable. Some, a story planted in the in the New York Daily News or the Post or something. The Giants might is the New York Times. Well, was it Pete Family? No, I didn't. I didn't plant the story that he was going to go to the Giants. No, that I did not do that. Oh no, 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 that no, was his, no, no, that no. Was you his, had you got the story about when he when they gave him the ridiculous contract. Correct. It was a Notre Dame bye yeah. week. They had just beaten. No, they had just almost. They had beat almost beat USC. Uh, USC, yeah, USC in, the, USC in one of the great yeah. college football games that you and I have probably ever yeah. seen. And then the next the week Bush, was the Bush game. the the, yeah. the, uh, the next week was the Florida Georgia game. Um, yeah, I was, you're sitting next to me in the, in the press box in Jacksonville. Yes. Yeah. And they, they just, they brought the bank and, and guaranteed him. And it's one of the, one of the worst contracts in the history of college sports. Now there have been worse since, but it was, it was clearly up there in, in, in the conversation. Because there was a story that the giants were somewhat interested or, I mean, you know, yes. and yeah, it's like, yeah. It was planted. I mean, I don't completely. know that it was planted, but, you know, like, we, <laughs> it's not that hard to throw something out there. Eh, Giants might be interested in me. Boom. Oh, my goodness. He's leaving for the Giants. Look, it, if he wants to go coach in the NFL, he's going to go coach in the NFL. 
This is the New York freaking Giants. You know, like you want to coach the NFL? A team that loaded back then? Sure. The Giants weren't interested in him. Won two Super Bowls no. with that crew. But it's just, I just think these guys overreact to these deals. Uh, it's just, I mean, this is an astounding number. So if Nebraska is sitting there going, oh no, and like, well, it, I mean, it's just an incredible amount of money. That is an incredible. Unbelievable. I, I, yeah, I, I understand no. there's going to be a burn rate on this and there's got to be some, but that number could be a third easy. It's preposterous. I don't preposterous. know. Doc Sadler's going to leave. I love Doc Sadler. But where's, yeah. if he's going to leave, he's going to leave because someone so good called that he wants to. I mean, Nebraska basketball, you can only be so good. Yeah, I, you know, right. we could. We could uh, have Shishesky, John Wooden, Bob Knight, all of them merge somehow, and they, and they, they couldn't get anything out of it. I mean, Nebraska's going to get like <laughs> right. 20 and 10, make the Sweet 16 or something. That's it. So if that guy's going to leave, he's going to leave because Kansas called. Or, I mean, you just, you are what right. you are. I think it's ego, too. Like, we can't be a stepping stone. Everybody's a stepping oh. stone, baby. Unless you're the yeah. New England 100%. freaking Patriots, you're a stepping stone. There's ego involved, and I think if you're Nebraska too, you're sitting there, and hey, I think there's a, a an increasing reality that's coming in that football's somewhat in the same situation. That it's only so good you're going to be, uh, and how good have they been in the last decade plus? So, uh, but th there's no doubt that I think there is some ego. We're Nebraska when it comes to football. Of course, we're going to pay top dollar because that's who we are. We think we're a blue blood program. Well, you're really not anymore because that's why you're hiring Mike Riley. You know, because you're not a blue blood program anymore and they're, they're still trying to spend and act like one. So can I make one point on Danny Manning? Pete, it wasn't even two good weeks. If you go back and look, Danny Manning's record is so unbelievably bad. This is his record. He is now he's going to get a seventh season at Wake Forest with these records. 13 and 19, 11 and 20, 19 and 14, 11 and 20. 11 and 20, 13 and 18. So he's had one season that's kept him afloat in 2017 when they made the play-in round, and it was basically due to one game. At home, they upset a Louisville team that I think was top 10, maybe even top 5, 88 to 81 on March 1st. That's really the only quality win they had. It got them barely into the tournament. They immediately lost in the tournament. And that's it. That is the high point of the Danny Manning era. And he's going to get a seventh season in a power five job at a school with some basketball heritage. It is astounding. He is the luckiest coach in America. That's a heck of a trip to Dayton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. To go lose to Kansas State in a playing game. This is a $15 I mean, million dollar Dayton bender. <laughs> the Danny yeah. Manning 30 for 30. <laughs> this is a, a lesser deal, but the Dave Lato at the Paul era. The second oh. <laughs> I, I heard they were redoing like they were looking for an extension. Let me read these nine and 22, nine and 23, 11 and 20, 19 and 17 and 13 and 16. But in the big East, he's 49 and 91. He's won 35% of his games. The banner year was a CBI runner up run in 19. <laughs> now Dave's a CBI. Good, I, I, I don't know what they're paying. I'm sure it's too much money, but whatever. Dave's a pretty good guy, and maybe DePaul's just like, look, we're not any good. We just want a good dude. You know, I, I mean, I think there's something for that, right? It's like, ah, eh, we need a kind of a, like, a good guy to be our coach, whatever. We're never going to be. It's like, okay, I don't, don't need to fire him, but are we really looking for, 
Let me make sure you don't go in that last year of your contract. It might affect recruiting. Oh, recruiting <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what affects recruiting? Losing. Um, <laughs> so I'm not a- so bad. They actually miss Jerry Wainwright. That's how bad I, it is. I appreciate this, these guys. These coaches, go, go get them, baby. Go yeah. get them. Oh, sure. But, so I uh, I was doing a coaching carousel story a couple weeks ago when there were still sports, and uh, I looked up. I'm not like the biggest stack guy in the world, as you guys know, but I was like, how long has DePaul really been bad? And so <laughs> oh. I went back through like the standings in the Big East, and they've finished either last or second to last. And there's been a lot of iterations of the Big East over 12 years now when you think about it. They've either finished last or second to last in 11 of the past 12 seasons. And the one that they didn't, it wasn't like they had a great year. They finished like, you know, they were like five and nine in the league or whatever. It was like they were just they were just bad, but they weren't at the bottom. So to think about institutionally as a school, you know, they built this huge arena on campus like that that place used to rock in the city of Chicago back at, back in the 80s. They have essentially institutionally embraced being awful. They've kept the same nope. AD. They've cycled through bad coaches. Like they've just made terrible hires. Like what a what a just disaster that place is. Well, much like Nebraska, there's no local talent in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now that said, you need a lot more than Christian Dawkins to buy you yeah, the best players well, in Chicago because well, that city involved, is sideways yeah. corrupt. DePaul was involved with Christian Dawkins. A DePaul bit. tried. Yeah, oh, they right. tried to get Brian Bowen. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Bowen <laughs> ran on him. Yeah. It didn't work. Well, no, they hired sure, the coach it. from La Lamere, didn't yeah. they? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the funniest yeah. part of the Brian Bowen's dad testifying was like these schools just throwing out just outrageous offers, and this they're just like, yeah, like you know, with the Oklahoma State, a hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. A car. Wow. A house. <laughs> yeah, still no. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's all. What else would you throw in there? We're like a plane? What's next? <laughs> They're like, yeah, we ain't going to Stillwater. I don't give a crap. They were still thinking about Michigan State. <laughs> right. And the thing is, Brian Bowen shockingly did not turn out to be LeBron James. You know? yeah, this is for I the mean... number 30 recruit in the country. Yeah. Since we're on a Dawkins uh, rabbit hole here, the HBO movie starring Dan Wetzel comes out tonight, The Scheme, the documentary. Do you think Christian Dawkins and those phone calls and what he says in that movie impacts decision makers at Arizona or LSU? Oh, well, wait, 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 this is a prediction because by the time people listen to it, it comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I like this. Yeah, yeah. Because so, we are taking so, yes, it. We'll see, whether, we'll see whether we were right or not. Uh, I will say this: that, and, and I called LSU for comment after watching the documentary. I didn't even bother calling Arizona because Arizona has has a rich now two and a half year tradition of ignoring every single request for comment. <laughs> uh, not, I mean, not even saying no comment, just not even responding to phone calls, emails, texts, everything. But. The answer I got was no, we have no comment at this time, but I think they're going to have to comment. They're going to have to say something, don't you? I mean, they, they've, they've shown remarkably like no shame in just standing behind their guys, but I, I would expect, I would hope, I guess, that Arizona and LSU at least have a prepared comment Wednesday, April 1st. I predict they don't. I just predict there's a pandemic going on. Nobody cares about cheating in college uh, basketball. They've embraced their soullessness and, you know, they've become the new UNLVs of this era. 
And I just think they are, uh, they are, they are all about that. Yeah. It's, uh, could be mid, midnight loot and noontime Sean right out there in the open for everyone to see. UNLV won. Yes. That's a good point. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Tark, yeah. Tark didn't yeah. lose. He'd go 30 uh, and two every year, four, final five, fours. five final fours. Yeah. Um, don't, don't, don't besmirch my friend there. <laughs> I think you, the statement reads, we are aware of the documentary. Mm-hmm. We don't have HBO. <laughs> <laughs> We're hoping someone could lend us a password. <laughs> at which time Arizona State will immediately give them the password. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We're aware of the documentary and we will uh, consider watching it at some point and then that's it. Oh, they got to do crap. I, if I, at this point, what, what's the what's the upside? Well, I mean, what, I don't know. They, they could have fired Will Wade last time. And then was suspended for the NCAA basketball tournament. We put out that story. Here are all these quotes. And he refused to meet with his athletic director. Okay. Like, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. That gets you fired if you work at Burger King and they go, <laughs> um, who burned the fries? Pete Thabel, did you burn the fries? I am not going to meet with you. Okay, you're fired. I refuse to answer I your questions. I refuse to answer my boss's questions. The hamburger did it. Not the excuses. I'm sorry. I, I, I turned my head and the fries burned. All right. I don't care what. If you tell your boss, I am not going to discuss this, you're fired. That's yeah. how it works in America. Yeah. They didn't fire him. So at this point, yeah. I just be like, yeah, we just, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. I don't think they do crap. Uh, I think the NCA is frothing at the mouth when these things get played, particularly the LSU one. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. I, yes. Uh, there's no denying this tape. Unless he comes out with the no. the Chris Rock, like, I, it wasn't me, right? Or what was that song? You know, <laughs> wasn't me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have an FBI the, uh, wiretap. Wasn't me. Yeah. That's the thing is, is I you know, I think that by all – Everything we could gather. Look, all right, we wrote the original story on the wiretap involving the strong ass offer, right? Yeah. And I think for whatever reason, the NCAA was in a position like, ah, that's a media report, and we can't just go on the basis of a media report to create an allegation. Well, this now, you're going to get to hear firsthand comment from Will Wade to Christian Dawkins on those very uh, subjects. So I think now they can create an allegation i don't know for sure but i i would think this will help the ncaa significantly. is it still a media report though it's a playing of a tape but well i know yeah but i i I think that the it's it's now firsthand evidence of listening to will wade discuss a strong ass offer to a player with christian dawkins i think the way the ncaa's moved on this thing they'll be like oh there's a new tape well we're gonna make a decision in 2024 and then they can they can send us the rebuttal in 2025 and then in 2026 we'll send the notice of allegations and yeah by then Bronny will be an NBA all-star you know we'll, we'll wait it'll be the you know God knows what he where he'll end up like it's just it's been pitifully slow by the NCAA there's no other way to say it like I understand they had constraints I understand there was a federal investigation but it's been three full years. <laughs> they've already like they've already made a documentary about it. Like Brian Bowen started an NBA game. Like other guys have gotten hired. Like Rick Pitino just got hired at Iona. Like full free thinking administrators are all basically giving the middle finger to the NCAA. I'm not going to dispute you there, Pete. But tell me where you would have sped it up. 
I think you just had to, for your own credibility and your organization's credibility, figure out a way to do it faster. You know, the FBI if, said don't do anything. Well, yeah. Tough break. So they didn't do anything for a year and a half. Don't listen year to the FBI. The, but it's but it's but it's been a year and a half, Pat. What? Why does the well, FBI get to tell the NCA what to do? They don't. Uh, no, they well, do. If you're going to, they do. Really? You, yeah. Just don't lie to them. <laughs> if, if the FBI tells me, I'm probably going to listen to them. What are they going to do? Know. Arrest Mark Emery for having, for coming out and saying, all right. <laughs> no. They're trying uh, to, I, secondly, I'm here's, with- here, here's the area where the NCAA screwed itself was when the Committee on Infractions told enforcement to stop. And there was like a three month stoppage or two and a half months or whatever the case was. And said, look, we got to figure And this is where this is absolutely on the NCAA is we got to figure out how we're going to classify all these people. TJ Gasnold is going to pop up in three different deals. Christian Dawkins is going to pop up in five different deals. We got to figure out who they are. Stop everything. So that's the NCAA screwing themselves. Now, after that, okay, they start moving on this stuff. And yes, they were still moving, I think, a little bit more slowly than they should have. But then you hit this coronavirus. So. Are you going to are you going to file notices of allegations with schools when they have just emptied the campus, told everybody classes are off, everything is off, go home? Now you're going to start throwing dropping in NOAs on people? I, yeah, I don't well, think what, you are. What, so what are we going to now? Are we going to w- have a fourth season play without him without yeah, him dropping? It's been a well, year I mean, since the, the last trial. The point is here. The point is going to be that this is a bit bigger than your notice of allegations. Well, yeah, you just bought it, and I agree. Look, I, I mean, part of this thing, I will say this: that LSU will have to deal with is, as you all have seen the movie. At the end of the movie, Christian Dawkins just absolutely makes fun of LSU, and yeah. he basically is like, "Will Wade walks in like a gangster," and this is part of the, the the thing when you see it. If you see it, is Christian is in favor. He's like. The coaches that don't play players, pay players, are the bad guys. Will Wade's not a bad guy. Sean Miller's, I think the, the, he right. says they pay him, right? He likes those guys. He goes, Will Wade is a gangster. He just sits there and says, I'm not meeting with you. I'm just keeping my, I'm taking my job back. Like he basically, you have Christian Dawkins this movie, just absolutely making fun of the LSU administration. Now, I don't know if they care at this point either, but. If I, I, I think I just sit there and be like, let's see what you got. NCA's done nothing on this. I do get your point, Pat, that what do you do? It's not easy, but I think they're trying to build the perfect case instead of the case they had. And it's become so long. Uh, what are we, three and a half years or two and a half years? We're th- two and a half. Two, two and, and a half, half years. Three full basketball seasons, though. Three basketball seasons. The last trial was about 18, a year 18, ago. 19, 19, 20. The first trial was 18 months ago. I don't know. I, it, it'll be interesting. I think nothing happens. So I think nothing happens. Pete? Im- imminently, no, I think nothing happens. Let me ask Pat this, because we know where you sit on Team Dawkins, Dan. Did you think this documentary, Pat, over-glorified Christian Dawkins? A little bit. I think that there was a little bit of the kind of anti-hero shine put on him to a degree, and maybe a little glossing over of, of some of I mean, look, Christian Dawkins is a scammer who was working a scam. I think he is a fascinating guy. I think he's got charisma. I think he's got unbelievable street smarts. Um, I, I, I would would love to like go out and drink beer with him and listen to what he has to say. Uh, but I think too, you know that there was a little bit too much made. I thought they belabored kind of the 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 FBI 
potential malfeasance, like the the gambling in Vegas with with FBI money by FBI agents. I thought that was kind of almost immaterial to the rest of it, but that that was kind of one of those things that made shifted the focus. Like, ah, what about the feds as opposed to what about what Christian was involved in? But uh, yeah, so I thought while he came off as a fairly as a very interesting, sometimes likable character, I thought that they probably gilded the lily a bit. What do you think? I, I actually agree with Pat on that. Yeah. I mean, I think okay. Christian Christian's fascinating, but this is not. He knew what he was. He knew what he was doing was sketchy. His yeah. thing is, I had to be sketchy because the rules, and I I kind of agree with all of it. But this is not like this is not uh, Robin Hood here. Yeah, exactly. There's been a lot of Christian Dawkins before Christian Dawkins, and there's been a lot after. And he just happens to be famous because he got Rick Pitino fired and screwed it up enough to that, that, that there was federal involvement. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it's fascinating. It's still a, that that we can go all the way back and unspool it, how this all came to pass and what, whether it ever should have come to pass. But when, now that we've reached the documentary stage, we are probably in the latter stages of all this, waiting for four more notices of allegations or whatever to drop. Okay. I saw this story. It has been forwarded to me by many people, including my own children. We do not have a dog at our house. Some people in my house want a dog, a cute puppy. <laughs> that they swear they'll walk every day. Oh, yeah. Bush Beer, Anheuser-Busch Company, Bush Brand, has come out with a uh, with a proposal offering three months supply of its beer to the first 500 people who, who adopt or foster a dog from Midwest Animal Rescue in Minnesota. Now, I don't know if I can get a dog down here from Minnesota. But I could get three months of bush light. <laughs> yes. And the way I've been drinking during this goddamn thing, <laughs> I'm not sure. They're gonna might need to increase the production line down in St. Green Louis. Green on a forklift. <laughs> Are they allowed to work? Are they allowed to brew beer? Seems essential to my life. <laughs> Foster a dog. Liquor stores are open. Somebody's got to put the liquor in the liquor stores. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, your thoughts. Should I get a dog? Or should I just pay for well, the I, beer? I can't believe you've sat on this for several days without getting a dog. I am shocked. <laughs> yeah. you're, I mean, your swill of choice is being offered to you free for three months. It's pretty cheap. That's I, the thing. I mean, I got a 30-pack the other day for $16.99. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. I, you know, I mean. That's like what a vodka soda costs in New York. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, I, there's some flaws in the plan. It's going to cost more than that to feed the dog. Uh, that's okay. true. But see, look, you can bring joy to your daughter's life and get three months of free beer. I, I am shocked you have not driven or snowshoed or sled dogged <laughs> to Minnesota to pick up the dang dog. I'm, I'm stunned. Are you a dog person, Dan? Well, I had a dog as a kid. But then, not really. I don't know. I just, it, it's like, a, we just, we're, our, our, we're so busy. And then it's like, people are, I got to go back and let the dog out. And I don't know. Yeah. We just don't have one. I, I go away for, like, this is my thing. It's like, get that dog. And I'm at the Winter Olympics for a month. And all <laughs> I'm hearing about is no one's walking the dog in the cold. Like, I just don't <laughs> have a good life to kind of manage the dog. And we're just uh, so. We've done fine without the dogs, but obviously right now mm. you could really want a dog like, yeah. And, and I would even sure. be like, yeah, a puppy in the house would be kind of fun now. 
because yeah. we're sitting around. Yeah. But I don't know. Three months of Bush beer. I guess actually, this is the I now have the details, and I'm questioning. Okay, eh, this might get you three months. A hundred dollar prepaid debit card is what you get. Okay, alcoholic beverages are not part of the prize, so you can use your prepaid debit card apparently to buy the beer. So, okay. So sixteen ninety nine a case. It's about sixteen, usually about sixteen or seventeen ninety nine. But then there, I, I, that doesn't count uh, returnables, right? Well, there you go. But you get that money can, back. So let's see, hundred. Uh, I mean, it's about five. You get ca- five point nine cases, thirty packs. Oh, 5.930 packs. Holy moly. So, so almost 630 six, packs. So that's two, 100, 180 beers. Buy the dog. Get the dog. Three months. That's 15 beers every at seven. It's a, what is that? 15 beers a week? 180 beers divided by 90. That's, uh, they're only giving you two beers a day. I 15 beers no, a week. A little, a little light. Yeah. 15 a week. Wait a minute. Who the <laughs> hell you think you're talking to? <laughs> Two beers a day. Yeah, no, they're they're encouraging moderation, which is which is just wrong for this podcast. No way. Two bush, two point two five bush lights a day or something. <laughs> you do, you do that brushing a, your teeth, Dan. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let me yeah, do this. Bush step. light with a with an alcohol content of like one point nine six or something. I don't know what it is in there. I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. We, I grew up in a dog household. We switched. We are now a cat household. I was trampled by my wife and children. And I will say, I, I mean, I like dogs, but the uh, the cats are pretty low maintenance. They really are. That's the thing. You you can go away without having to worry that they're going to crap all over the house. Actually, uh, I, I got this at lower, 1.85 beers a day. Really? Man, that ain't going to cut it. It's just not going to cut it. Step it up. I'm going to nah. be like, I'm going to be like Mike Riley. <laughs> I need a buyout. I, you need I a, say you need you're trying to, to leverage a Bush beer, but clearly no one from Bush listens to our podcast or they would no. have sponsored it no, already. No, they, they do We give them more free pop. <laughs> they actually do contact me sometimes and offer me things. Well, uh, tell them to offer us. We're a team here. I'd just like Come to on. say Natty Light. Let's get, get Jimmy Sexton on the phone to call Natty Light. <laughs> Miller Light, whatever. I'm open. Probably where Sean Eichhorst is working now in the promotion department. Is he in a beer industry? Because I could get him to offer me 18 beers a day. (laughs) Uh, He's actually at number two uh, AD somewhere. I forget where he ended up. uh, Maybe at Texas, actually. I think he's at Texas. Really? All right. One last coronavirus thing before we go. Uh, I have taken great joy. Pat, you you mentioned this. I've taken great uh, unexpected joy in a well-loaded dishwasher. <laughs> That's the state of our level of entertainment. So bored, now. I get fired up when I get that dishwasher just right, <laughs> and then run it like. And I, I'm like now dishwasher Nazi. Oh God! <laughs> Come back, sports. Right, Come back soon. Oh my God! Please. <laughs> This is why I need to drink Tell more than 1.85 beers yeah. a day. Perfectly loaded dish. What, what makes a perfectly loaded Yeah, I dishwasher. want this type of joy from the dishwasher. It, well, I, I do off, not derive it. Please. You want it all. You want all the space filled, but not yeah. overloaded. Just the right. And then done at the right time. Right? Like not Which two minutes when? before dinner, but like it's done at night okay. or whatever. And then I noticed, I guess everything's on YouTube, but there are literally like tutorials on YouTube. Like these OCD oh people. God. <laughs> have literally shows on how to how to uh do a dishwasher 
terrifying. <laughs> what tips could you give our listeners who clearly are unsubscribing like their hands are callous for unsubscribing this podcast so quickly? Yeah, you got to get your bowls in the proper area. <laughs> got to maximize the plate spots up front. Organize your cups. Uh, I don't know, Pat. You said you were into this now. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't right, hang me out yes, here. All right. Like a random wacko. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> you are our random wacko that's for sure but i i think it sounds like to me like somebody who misses mowing the lawn i do let's get this lawn going like my lawn yeah. is gonna be freaking augusta national when this thing's over <laughs> but here's the deal in our house like my wife and i have a constant tension about the dishwasher because i can't stay she's this is the way she packs a suitcase too like everything cram 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 we're gonna find another quarter inch for this plate we can surely jam another fork into this thing that's completely full of forks i'm like hey let's run it a little more often with a little less just cramming and now so we so we have tension about how to do the dishwasher in our house and since since this has happened guess who's winning the battle it ain't me we are cramming the dishwasher like you cannot believe it looks like a a cuban boat leaving havana (laughs) back in the day and Heading for <laughs> South Florida. I mean, there's everything you can get in there is in there. <laughs> it's more crowded than that awkward Penn State boat cruise with the with the football team that ran when it shouldn't have. Well, yeah, sounds like that worked out. Um, yeah, I, we, you know, I don't think that's the properly loaded is not too much. I think it's okay. got to look. It's it, it, it just. It, I don't know. I'm, I'm losing it. Guys. Ours looks terrible. It. We have all these different sized plates too, which is a problem. We have some huge plates that we use pretty often, and then we have smaller plates, and so the geometry is is very difficult in our house. It really is. Uh, yeah, we pulled out a uh, one of those serving plates the other day that I think we got for our wedding that I had not seen. And uh, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, everything's getting used now, man. All right. Well, we've uh, clearly uh, we've discussed the weather in Louisville. Discuss dishwashers. Yeah, we've we've Pat's, got yeah, Pat's dogs. Pat's abstaining Bush from Diet Coke. Coke. Yeah, all yeah. the important topics here. <laughs> stay. Uh, all the stay reasons inside, people flock your to hands, our podcast. People. Come on, the sooner we all do this, the sooner we get back. You do not want us spending the fall <laughs> talking about college sports if they're in a damn football season. <laughs> Yeah, right. Stay you think inside. the dishwasher talk is bad? We can go like, worse. Yeah, we don't really believe it. Believe it. <laughs> we could end up with sock drawers. I People mean, are dying all, all over the areas, place up right? here in Detroit. Too many police officers, too. My number one problem with this whole thing: we got police officers dying. If they died any other way on duty, it would be an outrage. And it's like, yeah, well, sorry, don't got enough mass for the cops. God damn, come on, man. Uh, so this is this is bad. But it's going to get better, and we need some football. So stay inside, wash your hands. We'll be back to do uh, more nonsense coming up. Yeah, never ends. Never ends. Subscribe. We'll be spread back. the word, please. Talk to you all later. <laughs>